Welcome to the podcast, Move Forth with Grace. We will be reading the whole Bible in the year 2024. This is such a perfect way to get into God's Word each day and to develop your own relationship with God our Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. I am your host, Angela, and want to first of all say that I am not an expert in theology or church history or a minister, and I never will claim to be. I am a wife and mother who has been reborn and want to be of service to God in gratitude for calling me back home. Welcome to the podcast. The Bible that I will be reading from is the One Year Bible. It is a New Living Translation, and you can find one at www.tindale.com. This episode is brought to you by the Move Forth brand. It encompasses freedom, health, and God's grace. We are created in God's image perfectly and fearfully and wonderfully. There is nothing that we need to do to earn His grace and His healing. He simply gives it to us. I am certified in health and life coaching, but no longer practice. However, I have health tips and resources, products that I love and use, homeschool tips, and merchandise available on my website, and that is www www.move-forth.com. One of my favorite products on my website and that I use each day are stem cell activation patches. Stem cell therapy can be very costly and can produce results that are short-lived, which is why these patches are so brilliant and they are not considered to be stem cell therapy. They actually activate our own body's production of stem cells and support our health and well-being, all while optimizing our immune system. You can check them out on my website as well, www move-forth.com. Thank you for being here. Thank you for becoming less like you and more like Jesus. May you move forth with grace today. All right. Today is day 43. We will be reading Exodus 34, 1 through 35, 9, Matthew 27, 15 through 31, Psalm 33, 12 through 22, and Proverbs 9, 1 through 6. Let's go ahead and begin with prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this time together in your word, in your presence. We just pray for your guidance and wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Exodus 34, 1 through 35, 9. Then the Lord told Moses, chisel out two stone tablets like the first one. I will write on them the same words that were on the tablets you smashed. Be ready in the morning to climb up Mount Sinai and present yourself to me on the top of the mountain. No one else may come with you. In fact, no one is to appear anywhere on the mountain. Do not even let the flocks or herds graze near the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two tablets of stone, like the first ones. Early in the morning, he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets in his hands. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him, and he called out his own name, Yahweh, the Lord, passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh the Lord the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. Moses immediately threw himself to the ground and worshiped. And he said, O Lord, if it is true that I have found favor with you, then please travel with us. Yes, this is a stubborn and rebellious people, but please forgive our iniquity and our sins. Claim us as your own special possession. The Lord replied, Listen, I am making a covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation, and all the people around you will see the power of the Lord the awesome power I will display for you. But listen carefully to everything I command you today. 
Then I will go ahead of you and drive out the Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Be very careful never to make a treaty with the people who live in the land where you are going. If you do, you will follow their evil ways and be trapped. Instead, you must break down their pagan altars, smash their sacred pillars, and cut down their Asherah poles. You must worship no other gods, for the Lord, whose very name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. You must not make a treaty of any kind with the people living in the land. They lust after their gods, offering sacrifices to them. They will invite you to join them in their sacrificial meals, and you will go with them. Then you will accept their daughters who sacrifice to other gods as wives for your sons, and they will seduce your sons to commit adultery against my me and by worshiping other gods. You must not make any gods of molten metal for yourselves. You must celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. For seven days the bread you eat must be made without yeast, but as I commanded you, just as I commanded you. Celebrate this festival annually at the appointed time in early spring in the month of Abib, for that is the anniversary of your departure from Egypt. The firstborn of every animal belongs to me, including the firstborn males from your herds of cattle and your flocks of sheep and goats. A firstborn donkey may be bought back from the Lord by presenting a lamb or young goat in its place, but if you do not buy it back, you must break its neck. However, you must buy back every firstborn son. No one may appear before me without an offering. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day, you must stop working even during the seasons of plowing and harvest. You must celebrate the festival of harvest with the first crop of the wheat harvest and celebrate the festival of the final harvest at the end of the harvest season. Three times each year, every man in Israel must appear before the sovereign, the Lord, the God of Israel. I will drive out the other nations ahead of you and expand your territory, so no one will covet and conquer your land while you appear before the Lord your God three times each year. You must not offer their blood of my sacrificial offerings together with any baked goods containing yeast, and none of the meat of the Passover sacrificed may be kept over until the next morning. As you harvest your crops, bring the very best of the first harvest, harvest to the house of the Lord your God. You must not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write down all these instructions, for they represent the terms of the covenant I am making with you and with Israel. Moses remained there on the mountain with the Lord forty days and forty nights. In all that time he ate no bread and drank no water. And the Lord wrote the terms of the covenant, the Ten Commandments, on the stone tablets. When Moses came down, Mount Sinai carried the two came down Mount Sinai, carrying the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. So when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called out to them and asked Aaron and all the leaders of the community to come over, and he talked with them. Then all the people of Israel approached him, and Moses gave them all the instructions the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking with them, he covered his face with a veil. But whenever he went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord, he would remove the veil until he came out again. Then he would give the people whatever instructions the Lord had given him, and the people of Israel would see the radiant glow of his face. So he would put the veil over his face until he returned to speak with the Lord. 
Then Moses called together the whole community of Israel and told them, These are the instructions the Lord has commanded you to follow. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day must be a Sabbath of complete rest, a holy day dedicated to the Lord. Anyone who works on that day must be put to death. You must not even light a fire in any of your homes on the Sabbath. Then Moses said to the whole community of Israel, This is what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering for the Lord. Let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen and goat hair for cloth, tanned ramskins and fine goatskin leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil, and the fragrant incense, onyx stones and other gemstones to be set in the ephod and the priest's chess piece. Matthew twenty-seven fifteen through 31. Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. This year there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas. As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? He knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message, Leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Meanwhile, the leading priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. So the governor asked again, Which of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas. Pilate responded, Then what should I do with Jesus who is called the Messiah? They shouted back, crucify him. Why, Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that a riot was developing. So he sent for a bowl of water and washed his hands before the crowd saying, I am, I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. And all the people yelled back, we will take responsibility for his death. We and our children. So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire regiment. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head, and they placed a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. Then they knelt before him in mockery and taunted, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and grabbed the stick and struck him on the head with it. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe and put his clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. Psalm 33, 12 through 22. What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people he has chosen as his inheritance. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From his throne, he observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts, so he understands everything they do. The best equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. 
In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Proverbs 9, 1-6 Wisdom has built her house. She has carved its seven columns. She has prepared a great banquet mixed with the wines and set the table. She has sent her servants to invite everyone to come. She calls out from the heights overlooking the city. Come in with me, she urges the simple. To those who lack good judgment, she says, Come, eat my food and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways behind and begin to live. Learn to use good judgment. And that concludes our reading time today. All right. So, you notice at the beginning of Exodus today, uh, the Lord didn't get too mad at Moses for shattering the stone tablets that he had already written. He just said, all right, well, we're going we're gonna to do this again. So, be ready tomorrow morning. Come on up and we'll, we'll do this. And so, these stone tablets, one of the questions in the companion, uh, did God actually write on the stone tablets? The Ten Commandments were engraved on the stone tablets by God himself. Exodus 32.16 says, The writing was the writing of God. Here, when the second set of commandments were made, Moses quotes God as saying, I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables. This constitutes a miracle from the human perspective, but something hardly extraordinary from the divine vantage point. It's pretty amazing to think about you know, God writing something, right? And then also being in someone's presence for 40 days and 40 nights. And I mean, it's just hard to imagine being that close to God and, and just what Moses had. It's, it's so incredible. And then there is the part where God actually says to Moses, um, he describes himself um, as he's walking by, and it was interesting in in my church service today. We are reading in Romans, and I just I thought about this verse, and I just would love to kind of show you why. So I'm going to go ahead and switch over to the um, ESV translation, English Standard Version, and. I'm going to pull this up. It's Exodus um, 27, no, gosh, way off. Exodus 34, excuse me, Um, 6. Let's see here. Thanks for your patience. This kind of came to me as I was, as I was reading. Sometimes that happens. You know how we, we sometimes get, uh, distracted when we're reading <laughs> our Bible, don't we? Uh, maybe it's what we need to get at the grocery store or uh, what what day it is, <laughs> meaning like what is for dinner, right? Um, what activities do we have planned? But mine was, oh, I need to mention that. Okay, so let's go ahead and try to pull this up. <clears throat> Thank you again for your patience. Okay. All right, 
So this is what, this is the English Standard Version of what God said as he passed before him. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So that is God describing himself. And then if we go over to Romans, let me just, I'm finding this on my computer really quickly. Thank you so much for your patience. Romans chapter two. And let's see. Okay, so this is when Paul is, he had just described that those who sin, right, meaning, you know, outside the body of Christ, non-believers, those who sin, um, he, he just uh, describes kind of what type of people these are and that they, that no one judges their sin, that they just kind of live in this sinful life. They don't recognize a creator. They literally have no connection to a God. And then he's going on in um, chapter two to address the group of people that are believers. Okay. And so, um, okay. So in two verse two, we know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things, meaning, um, passing judgment on others. He's talking about, okay, wait a minute, before you pass judgment on, on others as a believer, you know, make sure that you're understanding why you're doing it. Right. And then he says, do you suppose, O oh man, you who judge those who practice such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead to your repentance? So uh, Paul is emphasizing God's kindness and patience. And over here in Exodus today, God is saying, God of compassion and mercy, slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. So I just thought that that was a beautiful connection, um, considering that's what we are studying in uh, the church that I go to. And yet we can um, compare it to Exodus, to like one of the very beginning books, right, of the Bible, the Old Testament God that sometimes we get confused with um, thinking that he's different than who he is, Uh, you know, that he's a wrath-filled God, and then, you know, in comparison to the New Testament with Jesus and the New Covenant, uh, but God is the same. And so I just thought that was really beautiful to, to see God describing himself and then relating that all the way to uh, Paul in Romans after Jesus had already died. So I just thought that was interesting. And over in Matthew, so who is Barabbas? Well, he was a well-known revolutionary whom may have led the revolt that's mentioned over in Luke. We'll get there. And um, in John, he was called a robber, a word used by Josephus, the historian, to describe rebels against Roman authority. The same word is used to describe the two thieves crucified on either side of Jesus. Although an enemy to Rome, he may have been a hero to the Jews. 
Ironically, Barabbas was guilty of the crime for which Jesus was accused. Barabbas means, quote, the name means, quote, son of the father, which was actually Jesus's position with God. Just very interesting um, fact there. And why did Pilate wash his hands? Well, in making no decision, Pilate made the decision to let the crowd have its way. Although he washed his hands, his responsibility remained. At first, Pilate hesitated to give the religious leaders permission to crucify Jesus. He thought they were simply jealous of a teacher who was more popular with the people than they were. But when the Jews threatened to report Pilate to Caesar, this is uh, in John 19.12, Pilate became afraid. Historical records indicate that the Jews had already threatened to lodge a formal complaint against Pilate for his stubborn flouting of their traditions, and such a complaint would most likely have led to his recall by Rome. His job was in jeopardy. The Roman government could not afford to put large numbers of troops in all the regions under their control, so one of Pilate's main duties was to do whatever was necessary to maintain peace. So, can kind of see another layer there uh, of what was happening behind the scenes and from a historical, uh, a different historical account from Josephus. Psalm 33 is concluding today and what it's, what, what is described in uh, verses 14 through 15 and then 18 from his throne, he observes all who live on the earth He made their hearts, so he understands everything they do. But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. So God's watching over us has two dimensions. First, he sees and understands our thoughts and motives. The psalmist explains here that God made the human heart and therefore completely understands people. John the Apostle said that Jesus knew exactly what human nature was like, so no one can fool God. That's in uh, John 2, 23 through 25. And second, God watches over us with love and protection. Knowing this should help us prioritize getting in tune with him each day. God knows what we are doing, and he guides us toward the right path if we listen to him. So, you know, Santa Claus is not God, just just saying. (laughs) He is not all-knowing, only God is, so... Just as long as we have that clear. All right, let's go ahead and end with a prayer today. Father, thank you for creating us. Thank you for watching over us. And thank you for helping us to be held accountable for the decisions that we make, for what, um, how we speak to people, for what we think about, what we express in our hearts. Father, we just... Thank you for your, uh, for watching over us, for knowing everything before we even do, and for giving us this guidance and uh, this wisdom to to make to make good choices, to align our choices with your thoughts and and your way, and so we just. We are grateful for that, even though it is absolutely not easy for all of us because we are human. However, we pray that we can have the strength, the perseverance, and um, just the ability to continue to align our lives 
with how you want us to live, Father. We thank you for sending Jesus to save each and every one of us. And Jesus, we thank you for being our Savior. We need you each and every day. Help us to never forget our need for you, Jesus. We say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for taking this time to be in God's presence. I look forward to being with you in the next episode. Take care.